hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Dr. Matters Podcast. If this is your first time joining us here on YouTube or listening to the audio on whatever platform you listen to your podcast on, I want to say thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me here on this episode. And if this is not your first time to join on YouTube or through audio, I want to say thank you for joining as well. I appreciate you guys and you ladies for listening to this podcast, and I hope it is of some value to you as we seek to help the church understand and live out its faith, and we want to do that in a practical way. I know that many times doctrine and theology can go really deep, and we should be able to go deeper and be challenged, and I hope that we can look at cultural issues and different doctrines and different things that are going on around us and and look at these things through a biblical lens to be able to understand what God has said in His Word and be able to apply that in our lives. Today is the Lord's day. It's the Lord's evening right now. Uh, We had a great day at our church. I hope you did too, wherever you worship with your family and worship with the saints. I hope you had an excellent day in the Lord as you have worshiped him and gave him glory and exalted Christ and and just worship together with fellow believers. I hope it has been a great day. It has been for me. was able after church and after lunch, to come home and get some rest for a few minutes. And while I was resting, I started thinking about some things. And that's what's led to this episode of the podcast and the title, which you see, Tornadoes, Weathermen, and Christians. And there is a reason that I've labeled it this way. And we are going to link all three together, I promise you. So just bear with me for a second. But as I was laying here this afternoon and just just going through YouTube and finding some videos, I noticed that one of one particular weatherman that I actually like to follow because he is a tornado chaser as well, uh, posted a video for the second day in a row talking about severe weather. Now, this weatherman is named Reed Timmer. Some of you may know Reed Timmer and may have seen him following and and chasing tornadoes. And it's just insane what he does. I, I, I couldn't do it. Uh, but it is incredible footage he gets to try to understand better tornadoes and how they function and all of these things. But I noticed for the second day in a row, he put out a video and his big driving force behind these videos was to prepare us for potential severe weather in the Mid-South and the southeastern part of the United States. I happen to live in the Mid-South area in Northeast Arkansas, and he was showing us how there is a potential for severe weather this coming Wednesday. And then on the first and second day of the brand new year of 2022, he mentioned the possibility for long track tornadoes. And that is very significant because just two weeks ago, this very thing happened right here in Northeast Arkansas. Uh, Tornadoes began firing up here in the thunderstorms and Reed Timmer actually did a video on this. Our weatherman started warning us well in advance that we could have severe weather that evening. So everybody was kind of paying attention. And, you know, we live in the South. Sometimes there's this warning that goes off and many people in the South, they are used to the weather here. So they may have taken it with a grain of salt or they may have paid extra close attention to the things that were being said. Nevertheless, weathermen, including Reed Timmer, were warning the people in this area that there was potential two weeks ago for long track tornadoes because of the weather, the ingredients in the atmosphere, all of these things mixing together and weather talk uh, came together perfectly to make this this atmosphere perfect for long track tornadoes. And it did just that. 
So our weathermen leading up to this event a couple of weeks ago had us prepared and they were getting you prepared for severe weather and wanting you to, to be prepared in case of a tornado. So they were trying to get you to have a plan when it came to a safe place and teaching you that you need to have helmets, mattresses or anything else that you can use to cover yourself with from debris. So they were warning us well in advance. Well, then Friday night comes December the 10th and storms pop firing up or start firing up and popping up. And in those storms, tornadoes begin to touch the ground. And then if you watch the weather, all of you do this. If you live in a place where there is severe weather, the weathermen go from kind of casually talking about the weather. And then there's a tornado event. And then they get a little bit more concerned. And sometimes they may raise their voice a little bit. They may exclaim a little more as they are talking about these tornadoes. Why? Because they want you to be safe. They want to give you all the warning they can so that you can get in that safe place because they want to see your life spared. Now, if you live in an area where James Spann is your weatherman, uh, then when you see that blazer come off and those suspenders and those that long sleeve shirt rolling up, you know he means business. And he's going to pinpoint you to the mile marker where the tornado is and give you plenty of warning in advance if he can, because he wants to see lives saved. As a matter of fact, right out of the video I watched about the severe weather impact coming in the next week or so here to the Mid-South, uh, a story on the Weather Channel came on and it was highlighting the Tuscaloosa tornado from several years ago. And James Spann was on there and he said 250 people lost their lives that day in an area, a stretch of tornadoes in Alabama. And he said, that's way too many. And he is going to do whatever it takes to hope that number of people decreases and that never happens again. Now, we know that God is sovereign. We know he's sovereign over all things. But whether men are concerned about your life and they will do whatever it takes to warn you. And when those tornadoes start to, to form and happen, they're going to exclaim. They're going to be uh, very, very, very exclamatory. When they're speaking, if you live in this area, you need to get in your safe place now. If you know somebody here, you need to call them and tell them there's a tornado on the way to get in their safe place, to get out of the way of this thing, to get underground, to get helmets, to get uh, mattresses, to get blankets, to put your shoes on. Whatever the case may be, they are warning you and begging you to get in your safe place so that you can potentially survive the storm that is headed your way now. How does this link to our faith and to us as Christians today? And I'll tell you this. I think it is a sad day when weathermen care more about someone's life than Christians do. Weathermen care more about people's lives than Christians do. Weathermen don't know most of the people they're talking to from Adam or Adam's house cat, I've heard it said before, but they will beg and plead for them so their lives would be saved. We have been given as Christians a command to go out and make disciples, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, to do the things that God has called us to do. Yet for the most part, many professing believers sit back and do nothing and think that it's the pastor's job, it is the elder's job, it is the deacon's job, or whatever the case may be. It is church leadership that is supposed to be doing these things, not them. 
and they think that somebody else may do it. They may think that they're not capable or they're not qualified or they may not know the words to say. So they sit back and let other people do what God has called them to do to begin with. Now, I will tell you, I believe that if you sit back and do not have the desire to proclaim the gospel and to live for Christ and to passionately plead with people to be reconciled to God, then there may be a heart issue that needs to be repented of, or there may be a heart issue, meaning that you have not been reconciled to God yourself. So here is the passage of scripture that I'm looking at here when it comes to this episode of the podcast. And it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And beginning in, what verse is this? Have you ever written in your Bibles and, and covered it all up and you can't see what verse you're in now? Um, verse 20. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Now, we as believers are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore or we beg or we plead with you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Verse 21 goes on to say, For our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is where we get the great exchange from. Jesus, we impute to him our sin, and he, if, when we repent of our sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, imputes to us his righteousness. So we get this great exchange to where we are no longer sinners in the hands of an angry God, we become sinners that have been given the righteousness of Christ after being recon reconciled to God. He now sees us as he sees Christ. And from that, as believers, we are to go and make disciples. That is a command. It is not optional. It is something that we are to do as believers. Yet we see people like weathermen and tornado chasers, more concerned about people's lives than Christians are. Yes, tornado chasers, weathermen, they're concerned about physical lives of people, and that's important. But what's more important is the spiritual lives of people. So we have to understand that as believers, this is not a thing that we opt out of. It's actually bowl season in college football, and there's many programs that have been uh, to, invited to a bowl game, and many players have opted out of that bowl game because they may be taking their talents to the NFL, and they don't want to get hurt so they can be uh, ready and prepared for NFL combines and all of those things. But this is not – like college football. This is not like anything in life where you can opt out. You can opt out of text messages from companies that send you messages. You can opt out of notifications on your phones. But as Christians, we cannot opt out of being ambassadors for God. We cannot be we cannot opt out of proclaiming the gospel to a lost and dying world. The spiritual lives of people are at stake. Their souls matter. Where they spend eternity is going to matter. What about all of these people that we come in contact with and we never pray for opportunities to preach the gospel? We never preach the gospel with boldness and clarity because we're told to. We never evangelize because we may not know the words to say. Now, for a believer, I would just say this, and I know that I might have some pushback from some of you, but as a believer, I think that we have to remove the excuse from our vocabulary that says, we don't know what to say. 
I don't know how to share the gospel. I don't know the words to say. The words are repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The repentance and faith matters. That's what the Bible says. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. We have no excuse as believers to not know how to share the gospel with somebody. Why? Because we have the gospel in its written form. We should be able to go to the Word of God and say exactly what the Word of God says. We should be able to take people through the Word of God. If we don't know what to say, it's because we haven't been studying our Bibles, and it's because we are not sitting under pastors who teach the gospel, who proclaim the gospel on a daily basis or a, or a weekly basis. That is important. Pastors should be preaching the gospel every single Sunday, every single Lord's Day, every single Wednesday, every time that there is an event at the church, the gospel should go forth. And it's not, again, the pastor's job alone. We, as believers, must take God's call to preach the gospel and proclaim the gospel and to make disciples just as serious or more serious as weathermen take severe weather and tornadoes. You see how we're linking this together on this episode? We have weathermen and we have tornado chasers who care so much about people's safety. And then you got Christians over here that are just like, whatever, you know, it's, it's whatever. If I get a chance to share the gospel, I will. It's because souls don't really matter to people when they're just like, meh, when it comes to preaching the gospel. We have got to be people that are begging and imploring people to be reconciled to God. And you're only reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I want to show you this here. Um, I just pulled this up very briefly, and I want to, just so you can see it for your own eyes, um, I want to show you this. I'm going to pull this down here. And I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see what the word implore means. Implore. Beg someone earnestly or desperately to do something. Let's look at the synonyms. Beg, entreat, beseech, appeal to, pray, ask, request, solicit, supplicate. I don't know that word, so we're not going to say it. Uh, call on, exhort, urge, press, push, petition encourage, bid. So we can implore or beg people to come to Christ. But we know that we can beg people, please repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I beg you. We can beg people, and we should be, because we want to see people saved that bad. But we also know that we rest in the sovereignty of God. We implore people to be saved, but we cannot force them to be saved. We cannot save them. We trust God and His sovereignty to do the work through the Holy Spirit to save those whom He has chosen before the foundations of the world. We pray that God would call those whom He has chosen to Himself, and they can only be called if we are passionate enough about the gospel and passionate enough about their souls to preach it to them, to proclaim it to them. That is what we have to do. 
Romans 10, I've said this before, verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. People cannot be saved if they don't hear the gospel. Well, I've heard this often and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Preach the gospel. Let me back up. I quote, preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. There is nowhere in the scriptures that teach that. To where your goodness or your good deeds or your good works are going to save anybody or lead them to Christ or lead them to salvation. There are good people out there that, well, the Bible says there are no good people, but there are people out there that do good things that are not Christians. You can look at people that are doing good things and still go to hell when you die. So whether you're a Christian or not, just being good and acting good and responding the right way, are those things important as a believer? Absolutely. We should respond to things the right way. We should um, absolutely act in a manner worthy of our calling. But just acting right will not lead people to repentance and faith. We must open our mouths to preach the gospel. And I know you may say, well, I'm nervous. Or what if they ask me a question and I don't know? I'm glad you asked that. You can see in the book of Luke, um, Luke chapter 12. Let's go there, or I'll go there real quick. Luke chapter 12. What if what if we don't know what to say? That's something that I, that I hear often. Well, if you don't know what to say, then let me just show you what Jesus says. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. The Holy Spirit will teach you what you ought to say. Jesus here was preparing his disciples for persecution, and later they would be dragged before uh, courts and, and, and unbelievers to testify and defend their faith. And when they opened their mouths, the Holy Spirit taught them what to say, and they were able to speak because of the Holy Spirit inside of them. Ephesians 1.13, the, the Holy Spirit is a deposit of a guarantee of the inheritance that we will receive when we pass on from this earth. The Holy Spirit will teach us what to say. I've often said this, that many times when we get into a gospel conversation, we may be nervous at first, but as we go through the conversation, the speaking, the things that we say just come natural. It all just comes to us. That's the Holy Spirit working through believers to preach the gospel, to proclaim the gospel. So I want to encourage and beg and implore you here on this episode to proclaim the gospel to a lost and dying world with as much energy as weathermen beg you to get in your safe place. I want you to care for people's souls more than the weathermen do about people's physical bodies. I want you to beg and plead people to be right with God through Jesus Christ, to repent of their sin and believe on him. So I'm begging and imploring you, believer, those that are listening or watching that profess faith. I pray that you possess faith as well, but I, I encourage you and beg you to start preaching the gospel. There is a lost and dying world. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Jesus says, we need more men and women that are committed to their command to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I, again, 
beg you to start opening your mouth and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ in this lost and dying world and do it with passion. Do it knowing that if they died in their sin, they would go to hell. Snatch them from the flames. And if they go to hell, as Charles Spurgeon said, let them go with me draped around their knees, trying to keep them back. Preach the gospel and trust God in his sovereignty to do his saving work. It's easy. We just have to be obedient to the scriptures. So please, please begin to proclaim the gospel. Take your head out of the books just for a little while. Interact with society. Proclaim the gospel. Trust God for salvation. There are people out here lost and dying and going to hell for eternity. How many of those people do you see on a daily basis? How many of those people do you get in conversations with? Ask God to give you those opportunities. Pray for them. And when they present themselves, you go all in. You go hard for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you implore people to be reconciled to God through repentance and faith. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Hope it's been of help to you. I hope you've been challenged. I hope you've been encouraged. It's been, it's a simple call. It's a simple challenge. And I pray that you'd take it. I would love to hear all about it in the comments, or if you can email doctrine matters podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear the interactions that you have with people and your gospel proclamations. And I'd love to hear how that goes. I'd love for you to be an encouragement to others in the comments, whether on Facebook or YouTube and send those stories to me. I love reading your emails. I appreciate your emails. I know it's getting here and, and people are listening. So I, I thank you for listening. And um, I, I pray that we would hear great stories of what God has done through his saints. Until next time, folks, thank you again for listening. Have a great day, great night, whatever the case may be right now. And uh, just give God glory, exalt Christ, and build one another up. God bless.